but I love this reality of like what we say can or, and what we've heard and what's been said to us can literally overwhelm us and and overtake us and we lose all connection we lose connection to what gave us joy we lose connection to what gives us purpose even though it feels like we're doing the thing that we really love and it's so easy to mix it up for you know why am i here on earth with what am i good at so mm. when i saw that scene i was like oh this this will preach this will <laughs> <laughs> this will set the captives free <laughs> through all kinds of theological like frameworks there's so much sorrow here, so much shame and hurt and fear, and there's grief. Hey there, everyone. Welcome back to Can I Say This at Church. I'm glad you're here, and thank you so much for downloading. Today, I brought back somebody that I just love. I just love what he does online. I love his work, his voice, and um, yeah, so I brought back Darren Calhoun. Now, I do want to warn you before we get into here that we are discussing a movie that came out, and I think probably many people have seen it, but maybe they haven't. But the movie came out, it's a Disney Pixar flick called Soul. Now, I don't like talking about movies if I can't actually talk about the movies, and so I will warn you, there will be spoilers ahead, and that's okay. So if you haven't watched the movie, or if you want to, you might want to skip this one until you do. It's on Disney Plus, or I'm sure you can buy it. However, there are a lot of theological things, I think, that run through that movie, as well as a lot of racial undertones in this movie. I had went on Facebook and said, hey, I want to talk about this. Who should I talk with? And um, yeah, so this is the result of that. So I really hope you enjoy it. I loved it. I enjoyed the conversation. I love riffing with other people about God and faith, and in this case, movies. So let's go. The night is long, can't find sleep. Where's peace gone? It's so hard to breathe. It's time to dream fierce dreams like Mary did. Brave dreams like Darren. What, four or five months ago, I think I finished the transcript of the first time I had you on the show from like three years ago. And at the end, I said we should have you back on. And I'm happy to have you back on. Did not expect it to be on this topic, but I'm happy to make it happen. But welcome back, man. Glad to be here. Good to see you again. So it has been like like two years. So what's it's new? Been, I think two years, yeah. What's Why not? It, time's relative anymore, right? So It's right. Oh, because it is 2021 now. So it technically could be three years, depending on how do you... I have no, I don't even remember. Time um, is a construct, and we are operating outside of it at this point. <laughs> so, what's been new in in the uh, nonlinear timeline since the last time that we talked? Right. Well, you know, there's a, there's a pandemonium outside right now, and um, that has thrown everything off, but in good ways. Like uh, what I was sharing before we started recording. I have been at home. Um, I already worked from home, but I've been at home kind of building my, my own little studio set up and watching endless YouTube videos about dream workspace setups. And I've got my little standing desk and my microphone and my camera. Um, and I've taught myself how to produce audio and video and um, 
other than that, the band's still going. We actually have a new song that that should by the time this is released, it'll our new song will be out on Spotify and Apple and all that. So look for the many, and um, the song is where Jesus was. And I'm still at my church, still leading worship. Um, it's been great that even with everything going on, we've been able to 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 very quickly turn on a dime and and go online 100. percent and, you know, that I could still be employed along with all the other worship leaders. Yeah. So that's been really good. But it's also been a totally different way of doing church, which I've appreciated because normally it's it's 52 weeks a year of got to produce, got to produce, got to produce. Whereas now it's one, once a month for me. And instead, I get to spend time exploring and creating and, you know, doing my little projects of, that keep me inspired yeah. rather than always producing. So. Yeah. I'm feeling good. Yeah. So you like the many of us. Like like when I started this, I'm like, oh, I guess I have to learn how to do audio now. Like you're forced right. to, like, I guess I'll learn how to do video now. One of these right. days I'll figure it out. Um, I actually found a Someday. software that was recommended from a guest that I doubt the episode has come out yet because I don't remember releasing it. But there's a software called Descript, like, like description, but without the shun. And it records the audio and the video and I could just delete that word um and it would also edit the video. For, oh, that's for nice. Me, right? Yeah. It's got like a cost per month that I don't know. I'll figure it out. But one of these days, I'm going to plug that in there and go, let's see how this works. So yeah, yeah everything everything I do is always for the first time. And I know a lot right. of worship and senior ministers and youth ministers are like, oh, he's young. He's the one that's going to make the online service be a thing. <laughs> he knows how the internet works. Oh, make it happen. We, we're going to see such a, um, I don't know what, this is, there's there's going to be a lot of awakenings as a result of how many people have been called on in ways that they weren't prepared for, but also had to produce in ways that they didn't necessarily expect. Mm. And I think some people are going to flourish and some people are going to be like, okay, I'm out, two fingers, I'm gone. So that's <laughs> going to be interesting for the church to, to deal with yeah. on the back yeah. end of this. Yeah, in seminary, they told me ministry was this. You did not right. say that I had to make a studio and figure out how to anyway anyway now all the things (laughs) yeah not why i brought you on so a while ago on christmas eve christmas day i forget when i watched i watched soul the new disney pixar movie christmas day yeah yeah with the family which was fun although i don't think my kids liked it at all and to be honest i'm not sure that i liked it at the very end and then i watched it again i'm like i think i do and so i've watched it a couple times more than a couple times now and probably spent way too long diving into youtube videos and uh, all these, it's just fascinating. But I put on Facebook, I really want to talk about soul, kind of all the concepts of soul in the podcast. And I did not expect anybody to comment. And my wife is, she's like, what is all, what is all this? I was like, I have no, idea, I have no idea what's going on here. Um, but you were volunteered, right? Yeah, that's the word. Yeah. And um, yeah, I'm excited to do it. So I do want to say there will most likely be spoilers of the show. I'm not editing them out. So if you haven't watched soul, that's on you, right? All the spoiler alerts. Yeah, definitely and maybe there won't be, but I'm sure there, there would have to be. So I mean, I've been avoiding talking about the spoilers, but it is easy to, there's there's so many la- layers to it that if you really want the pure experience of seeing it the first time, don't listen. Just bookmark yeah. this and come back. Yeah. yeah, and that's fine. Like I bookmark a lot of things uh, that I know that I'm going to watch and um, 
and I come back to it later. So the Mandalorian is one of those things. I actually have a, a folder saved of all of the Mandalorian things I want to read when I'm done. And I have one episode left. I haven't watched my first one yet, and I really need to. I really enjoyed it. But I've been watching it with my son. Um, nice. And so with COVID and school and everything, it's made it where it's like an episode a month, which is really frustrating when I when I would like to learn how it ends when I have 46 minutes left to go and I can't. It's okay. This is the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what is it about soul that hits you? What what made you pop in on there like, hey, I want to talk about this? Like what is it that, that that gets you? I mean, I had all the feelings as soon as I watched it. Um, and I watched it with my mom. We were uh we have a Christmas Christmas tradition of like watching something very fanciful together. It's normally um, my previous church would do a big Christmas program, but in 2020, that was not a thing. So I was like, what are we going to do instead? And we picked Soul, and uh, um, we live next door to each other, um, but we have some contact. So she came over to, to watch, and we were just thrilled with it. Um, I think for me, the biggest thing is, okay, maybe I should just do a list. There are a few things. Um <laughs> I, I hate force ranking anyway, um, but the the top thing for me was the representation of just seeing people that felt like people I really know in real life on screen in a Disney film, and they weren't these like cookie cutter, fuzzy headed, brown colored people. These were authentic folks with stories and names and. And personalities and it was in New York I I don't live in New York I live in Chicago but I've been to New York several times and I love love it as a place to visit and it felt like real things I saw in New York but then there's also the ways that it weaved together these ideas about uh, about life and purpose and and hereafter and and like there were very specific things that they mentioned in there we'll get into some of those that I was like, oh, this isn't just, oh, we're just going to make a story. Like they did some, it was clear to me that they did some research on a lot of different beliefs mm. and practices. And they inserted them into the movie in a way that honored them rather than the way we see some things show up as just like, here's our fake thing we made up. It's like, no, this is the real stuff, <laughs> but it's done in a way that really is aware of itself as opposed to just being like, oh, we'll just make it because it's just a storytelling tool. And it's like, no, that's, I've heard that sermon preached in my, in my church. So can I lean into the representation? Cause I think that's the first thing that I actually messaged you. And I was like, here's kind of one of the things. So as a white guy, I still thoroughly enjoyed the show and I've struggled to figure, so what do you mean by that? Contrast it with a different movie where you're like, yeah, here's where they forced representation and here's why it didn't work. Like, why does that work so well in Soul? Yeah, I'd, I'd have to think a second for uh, for a similar movie or example, but I think about, and I was raised this way, anytime I see characters or books or cartoons or even the video games I play on my iPhone, my whole life I've looked to see are all the characters coded as white. There's a little game I play on my phone. It's, that's a, it's a parody of church, but all the characters are white passing in the game. And these are, you know, it's all a game of people like doing church, but every character is stereotypically white. And it's just like, 
Hmm. Like hmm. you've made different hair colors and, and you made different genders, but nobody could be anything other than, than white. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I grew up with that. My mom, yeah. um, uh, whenever I would get a coloring book or something as a, as a very young kid, I could see the, the ways that the, the characters were drawn in the book. But she was like, oh, we need to add some color here. And so, like, we'd make somebody have curly hair or we'd give somebody browner skin or we'd make sure that, um, like, if we bought a, a nativity set and if it, if it looked really, really white, we were going to also buy some paint and we're going to change mm. that up. Mm. And so I was kind of raised with this uh, with this awareness of, of race and the ways that the world kind of defaults to whiteness. Um, and it's, as a kid, I thought it was, oh, this is so extra. Why do we always have to do this? But as I got older, it was just like, wait, it never ends. It's everywhere. It's pervasive. Yeah. So when you do see something that makes an attempt, and, and Disney has made a couple of attempts. Um, the last big one was, uh, and this gets talked about in some of the articles, that I, I didn't read anybody's article about this, so I'm going in <laughs> with a little bit of a, of a blindness to others' opinions. But um, people immediately bring up how in uh, Princess and the Frog, the first time we have a black princess, she spends the majority of the movie, and somebody even like did a percentage number for it, um, the majority of the movie, she's in, a, in an anthropomorphic frog mm. body. And we don't get to connect with this princess as a princess. We connect with this princess as a frog. And then at the end, it's like, oh, yeah, this is a human person that we should like be connecting with yeah and the the critique that many have there is when we tell stories that are supposed to be universal we either do them with mostly white male figures or we do them with animals and then after that there's like this huge fall off even in children's books there's this huge fall off of characters that are lead protagonists that are anything other than white boys or an animal. So yeah, I got way into a vein there, but hmm. that's the kind of stuff that is always yeah. on my mind. So the first time I watched it, representation was not the first thing on my mind. Honestly, the music was, because I don't really like jazz and I really was feeling the music of hmm. the whole okay. show. And I've also never watched Princess and the Frog, like at all. We, um, we were gifted a trip to Disney a few years ago for Christmas. And um, when we went, she was one of the princesses that came and I didn't even know her name. Like I knew the character, but I don't even know her name. My girls know who they are, but I've never even watched the show. Princess um, Tiana. <laughs> that's right. Tiana. Yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, we have I'm her autograph. Yeah. I just said, heaven, I should, is it any good? Should I watch it? Like, is it worth watching? It's not super memorable, but it was, it was, it had its nice points. It's like it. Disney hasn't had its golden day in a, in a long time when it comes to like it's, the big films. It's not um, super memorable. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm like, you know, not, not, nothing beats Lion King and Aladdin and Beauty and the Beast when it comes to like the golden era Disney mm. film. Mm. Yeah. So I'm a little biased. I wanted to spend some time on, on the music in the show um, because it literally is um, first off, it's funny. Second off, mm -hmm. I didn't know it was Trent Reznor until I read the credits today. Like I watched, um, I watched some more of the movie again today, uh, just different pieces. And I didn't realize that Trent Reznor had done the soundtrack, which is really impressive. I don't, I don't know if you knew that or not, um, but no. he, he scored the thing. You know what I'm talking about? Nine Inch Nails, Trent Reznor. Oh, okay. No, I wasn't, yeah. wasn't familiar. Uh, you know who Nine Inch Nails is? 
I do know the name. Yeah. Uh, oh, well, I'll send you some <laughs> of his. Couldn't say, I couldn't say, oh, they did this song and that song and that song. Uh, so they're, honestly, one of their fam- most famous songs probably um, is is not even famous probably because of them. So, you know that Hurt song from Johnny Cash? I hurt myself today to see if I still bleed. You know the song I'm talking about? Oh man, I'm going to send you some songs. All right. So my, all right, we're going to pivot away from there, but I'm going to, I'm going to educate you. I'm going to send you some songs. Um, Go for it. Yeah. Uh, It's there. It's anyway, it doesn't matter. (laughs) Uh, So I don't know anything about jazz. And honestly, I usually get bored with jazz because I don't know how to play in that way. Like I'm just not as talented enough as a musician to play. But even from the very beginning, um, it's so comical the way that the little Disney castle comes in and you can hear like four, fifth, fourth, eighth grade. I don't know. You know, just the ear the bleed. elementary kids. Yeah. yeah. But I'm curious. So he gets into the zone, which is a concept in there, of, I guess, where you can tap into spiritual world. But how do you feel like music and I guess music in a way like jazz is where it's it's just you just run with it from what I understand can fit into a spiritual mindset in the way that the film presents it. Like, have you ever been in a place like that? Do you think that's even accurate or thoughts on that whole oh, concept? There? Oh, absolutely. I, I think it, I think it was, it was literal. It was, I've been there. Um, the last time I, I was reminded of the moment that he said that thin place and that place of feeling like you, you've gone into another place. The last movie that did that for me was um, uh, The Greatest Showman, which the music makes an, an amazing movie that never had to be about P.T. Barnum at all. Um, that's shade. But uh, <laughs> but there was, when I watched that movie, when I watched The Greatest Showman, there's a moment in the movie where um, somebody's performing and they just like, the whole room goes silent, right? Even though there's they're in a crowded room and they finish the performance and there's a moment where before the sound, before they realize what's going on, it's just like there's just dead silence. And then all of a sudden, the people that have been clapping this whole time, that sound rushes back. And I remember the first time that I led a song in church, I was probably um, probably like seventh or eighth grade. Um, so, you know, you know, very young teenager. And... I led this song I had never led in church before. I also went to a Catholic church at the time. And um, our church, even though it was African-American, it was very chosen, frozen. Like, they didn't clap for stuff. They just kind of sat politely through the service. That's my kind of church right there. <laughs> <laughs> and when I finished the song, I, I went over to my friend who was our musician, um, um, really talented guy, I went over to him and I was like, man, did I, how did, how was it? Was it too bad? And he's like, he just kind of turns and looks at me. He's like, you don't hear that? And I was like, hear what? And it was the whole church giving me a standing ovation. Mm. It was completely gone from my awareness because I was just in this moment singing this song. And then when I finished singing the song, I was overcome with my insecurity. And I'm over here talking to my friend. He's like how do you not hear this? And I turned around to see like the whole church clapping. Mm. Um, and so when the movie, when soul like talked about going to that place where you're just in another world, I was like, Oh, that's real. That is, that is a thing. Um, and that's one of the things that my, um, my pastor, um, and my United Methodist church, uh, talks about that, uh, this idea of the thin place and this idea of, 
um, how we can be, we can, it may not necessarily be connected to music, but there's, there's times or spaces that we may find in our lives and our spiritual journeys where we feel extra close to God um, or extra co- close to, to, the, to the divine or to, to the universe, however you term that. Um, but it's, it's this idea that's been in various spiritual practices for quite some time. And I was like, oh, y'all got that right. Y'all, mm. y'all did that. And it was great to see it as a part of this story that connected to so many other things. I've had experiences like that singing, never playing, because I'm not a good enough musician to play without thinking about playing, um, mm-hmm. like getting lost in it the way that Joe does. Um, yeah. I've had times like that singing, and I've had times like that uh, drawing, like I like to do art, where like I remember one time at school and college, like I lost like 18 hours. Like I literally, and when I stood wow. up, I was like, what? Oh my God. Like I just didn't even eat. Yeah. And, but I, when I would finish, I was like, I was like, this is good. I'm like, shoot, it's tomorrow. What happened? <laughs> what happened here? You know, um, I can do that while I'm playing the Sims, but yeah, go ahead. <laughs> the Sims better not be on your phone. Um, don't think no. I didn't miss the, I work at a church and I play a game about a church on my phone. Part of me died inside when you said that, Darren, part of, part of me died inside. The concept of a soul is, is a big concept, especially in faith. So I've got multiple thoughts on both the concept of the movie and the soul, and, and maybe curious on your thoughts on this. So like for me, Joe seems to be, and I wrote it down, like the, the, the movie seems to be about a soul that doesn't want to die and about a soul that doesn't want to live and like the juxtaposition of those two things. And I find it almost ecclesiastical where mm-hmm. they both realize this is all I've got. So I might as I'm going to die. This is all I've got. So I might as well live. And they both come to it. Maybe I'm way overthinking that, but what do you think like this soul even is either the way this movie portrays it or just period? Cause that's what I've continued to chew on, especially those little baby blue souls that are just annoying mm-hmm. in the movie. They just, they find, I, I mean, I find them annoying, but yeah. Where are you <laughs> at with that? Them. They're, they're cute. I, I want those they're really souls cute. To, to become like the next, uh, what's the, the, um, the minions. I, I, I want toys. <laughs> I want games. I want all the branding and merchandise and those things were so cute. Um, <laughs> especially when they're like, hell, hell, hell. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he says H E double hockey sticks, and they're like, "Oh right. hell, hell!" Right. I was like, I mean, and there's not even a thing that makes sense for why they can spell hell, but they're also like little kids. Like, <laughs> why? Why do you know how to spell? And you don't even have like a personality. They're yet. just conscience, conscious right. beings. Yeah. Um. But uh. But yeah. So the soul. I think. A few things. I remember the first time. I always have a story for everything. I remember the f- when, um, and this is on a more serious note, my grandmother passed away when I was, mm, oh gosh. Yeah, probably probably that same time of my life, um, seventh, sixth or seventh grade, maybe seventh grade. Um, and when she passed away, um, that was the second time a family member had passed away. The, er, the first time it was one of my aunts when I was much, much younger. But this time I was a little bit more aware. And, and when she passed, I remember breaking down one day and calling like a random friend of, of one of my schoolmates. Um, none of my parents were home at the time. 
And uh, she was also somebody who um, was a member of my church. And she just said, well, always remember that energy can neither be created nor destroyed. Like she gave me this very accurate scientific uh, answer. But she was within this fr frame of faith still saying like your grandmother's not gone. She's gone on, but she's not gone. And, um, it, that was like the foundation, this quiet little foundation that just kind of carried me through all kinds of theology, all kinds of church communities and all this other stuff. Also being somebody who's a little bit of a science geek nerd kind of situation too. But that idea, I loved the way it was presented in this movie because, um, I think churches often don't really help us engage with that. Like they'll threaten us about hell and they'll threaten us about, you know, eternity, but they don't really help us think about, um, this existence and, and what this all means in a, in a larger context other than getting to heaven. Um, and so I've, I've always been somebody who's married science and faith together. And, and that's just been the way the world's made sense to me. Um, so seeing that portrayed that way, in a way that, again, also acknowledges several different lines of thought, um, I tend to be like have an awareness of various traditions, not just the, not just Christian Orthodox type stuff, but um, everything from, I, I see the, the patterns in various um, belief systems and I'm like, oh yeah, they, they've, they've hit it in several points and Jerry, like this representation of I think the way Jerry described themselves was this representation of the multiple multiple dimensions formed in a way that makes sense to you. Yeah, and I was like, oh yeah, yeah. Again, yeah. God who's infinite and the Alpha and the and the Omega that 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 could very well be like multi-dimensional travel, time travel ability, and all this other stuff that we just don't have enough dimensions to understand. I was like, yeah. I like that. I, I, I can appreciate that. <laughs> that line. So I actually wrote that line down because I found it so clever. So he says something about we're the coming together of all quantized, and I don't even know what that word means, fields of the universe presented in a way that your prehistoric brain can comprehend. But you can call yeah. me Jerry, um, yeah. which is, which is, I don't know, it's just fantastic. Yeah. I love it. I kind of really enjoyed the concept of these souls, you're going to be really energetic. And you over here, you're going to be a little bit club-footed, or I forget the word it was, but like the gregarious or the, you know, clumsy. Um, I really, really enjoyed that concept. But there is a concept that I've never dealt with in this movie. So the great, what is it called? The great before? Is that what it's called? Yeah, the great before and the great hereafter, yeah. So that's not really talked about in the church. We always talk about where we go after. Mm -hmm. We'll talk about what we do now. Nobody seems to ever talk about the before. Thoughts on that? Like, is there space for that? Where should there be space for that? What should that conversation look like? Because that's the time, that's what I thought the most of. Matter of fact, I've begun pivoting to, um, you know, if I die, I'll go back to probably where I was before I was. And mm -hmm. I was fine then, and I'll probably f also still be fine then. And I don't even think that's biblical. That's probably extremely heretical, and I'm fine with that. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, where is there space in, in at least our faith for something like the great before? Like, what does that look like with the God that we worship? At the moment, I don't have, I don't have a whole lot of 
answers per se, but I do, I do have another story. When I was in my abusive church, and if you haven't heard that story, go back to, to the first podcast. If I, if I were in my abuse, when I was in my abusive church, I remember being quite hopeless about change and about becoming pleasing in God's sight. And that was uh, the impact of the culture that I was in. Uh, uh, you can never be good enough kind of culture. And I remember getting hopeless, but then coming across that scripture that I'd heard before, but it just kind of illuminated of God pointing out to Abraham that so is the stars of the sky, so, so shall be your descendants. So for God to point to the stars of the sky, a, a very quantified thing, and say, this is how your descendants will be. To me in that moment, it was, I already knew you, you know, before you were in your mother's womb, I formed you and knew you. And also I put a star in the sky so that at some point I could point to that star and tell Abraham, hey, that one represents Darren and Darren's gonna be part of your descendants. And so while I don't think that's a literal like, okay, there's a, these, these souls or the stars or nothing like that. Yeah. What I'm saying is that God in God's way had that foresight and that knowledge of, of me and, and my existence and, my, and you know, what I would do in the world and was able to point to that to say, hey, like this is what's to come, even though it's so far beyond anything that any human could have imagined at the point that it was said. And so to me, that's, that's kind of what that is. It's just like, God knows, God understands. I don't think we have a whole lot of specifics, um, like in the, in the biblical scriptures or the, um, or most of the narratives that we have about what is before, but we do talk a lot about what's after. Um, but those moments like that, there, there's several moments in the Bible like that, that always reminded me, it was like, yeah, there was clearly a there was clearly something important about my life before I existed, mm. um, and that's that's usually enough to keep me from like ending it in a lot of ways. <laughs> just to be very transparent. <laughs> oh, oh my, yeah, yeah. Um, speaking of ending it, and so I'm I'm going to pivot off of that because, mm -hmm. um, yeah, why not? So I want to talk about this conveyor belt and the purpose that it serves and, and go with me cause I'm going to ramble for a minute, but before I get Please there, do. what is the over under that the entrance into the great beyond is just a cosmic bug zapper? Cause that's what it appears to be in the movie. You just get close and bzz, you're done. Mm -hmm. What's the over under that you think that that's like, that's the, that's the pearly gate, just a cosmic bug zapper the, in the way that it's presented in this movie. It does resonate with me on energy Again, this this idea that that there's energy that we come from and energy that we return to. Again, I could get real nerdy and talk about how atoms are all synchronized <laughs> in the in the universe, and no matter how far apart they are, they're still synchronized. I'm just um, looking for a percentage. <laughs> you know, so it's just one of those things where I'm like, I feel like they very intentionally kept that opaque. Mm. They did not tell us what's there they never even try to hint at what's there and they leave it to your imagination and so you get to fill that in with whatever faith and belief systems you want and a lot of people were like well they didn't tell people about heaven it was like well they could if you wanted it to be but they left it open and i i, I appreciate it yeah space yeah so um you've seen coco correct because you flexed mm -hmm. your disney chops earlier so 
in the last few years, both Coco and this movie seem to specifically deal with the afterlife, just in a different cultural context. But they, it's not lost on me that in one, there is a bridge that bridges you to a different form of existence. Um, in one, it's a second life and a second death. And in this one as well, it's the same thing. What is the, do you, what is, what do you think this bridge is? Either this bridge of, um, what are they, flowers? I forget exactly what kind of flowers yeah, they are. Yeah, they're, uh, they're flower petals. Yeah, the, uh, uh, or or a bridge that appears to be a guitar um, neck, at least. Maybe I'm overthinking oh, it. It had like nice. it looked like it had frets on it. Maybe maybe that's just me still just reading into the music. Belt. Well, it looks like that, um, but it's it's 30 seconds of of... It also is really weird to me that he lands with nobody. He backs up to three people, and then all of a sudden there is There's a, a of city of, of, of souls yeah. there, um, which is a little bit crazy. But what purpose do you feel like the bridge serves, I guess, in either one of these stories, but soul specifically? I mean, I, to me, just that the, the metaphor of the bridge is enough. Like, there's something between here and there. There's... Um, yeah, like, uh, I mean, the Bible does talk about us um, being asleep, you know, before the the hereafter comes. The, the Thin Place did talk about this connection between there and here and all these other things. Yeah, like, it didn't hint at, like, purgatory or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, and I thought it was very interesting that... I could probably venture off into other stuff, but I thought it was very interesting that there were like numbers associated with this, that there was um, like someone counting. And, and I don't know if you caught that reference. We haven't had a count go off in a couple centuries. Uh, centuries. Yeah. I was like, was that Jesus? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think about that. I didn't think about I was that. Because like, like there's only so many ways that that. I, yeah. Yeah. yeah, not yeah. not that not that Jesus is the only reincarnation story, or not a reincarnation. Whoops, <laughs> Jesus is the only resurrection story. Um, but uh, but yeah, it was it was an interesting little throwaway that it was just like we'll never know what it meant unless you know whoever whatever team wrote it wants to divulge that at some point. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. It I, that one I haven't pondered too deeply yeah do you feel like the jerry's are extremely passive aggressive and everything the more that i watch it the more i hear like a parental tone of i've asked you 20 times to go away in there even the way that they say like quiet coyote um and specifically when jerry comes to say there's this many what did he say like 100 100 something thousand souls that die every day that's blah 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 and that's like 1.1.6 per second and she's, he's like, I count everything. I've counted how many times that you blink. You just blink five times. Now six. And it's cute that they animate a six finger in there when he says six. And then she's like, oh, that's great. You do the accounting. You go do that and let us do this. And he just leaves. You know, I will do that. And they're like, great, you're doing great. Um, they're, I just find them so sarcastic. And I, and I love that. Um, I, do want, <laughs> I do want to pivot on, you, you'd slipped and said reincarnation, but... I've given more thought to that. So when Joe shows up to the U seminar um, mm-hmm. or whatever, I can't remember the other word, yeah. they imply, oh, you've been here before. Don't worry about it. Just sit down and watch this for a second. And I've caught it a couple times. How do you sit with that? Because for me, it feels almost like if there's a soul being created in this universe, that the personality that's me or you has some form of small input in what I am 
now that I'm here, um, and that it's not entirely so deterministic. Well, I, I hear you on the, like, where they sent somebody to become a megalomaniac. I was like, <laughs> you did, you had to start this movie six years ago, so it couldn't be literally He's gonna be talking a fun about one. a certain former <laughs> national leader. But it's so accurate, right? Right. But I was thinking about, rather than seeing it as necessarily like, this is the deterministic part, I was noticing how there's always this discovery process, right? Like, yes, we give you certain things, just like my Sims, but there's also this part where you have to go and figure your stuff out, and then you have to go into the world not being fully aware of any of this, which... You know, some people might ask, was Jesus fully aware? When, at what point was Jesus fully aware that Jesus was also God? Like, mm. <laughs> like, were you born with that knowledge? Were you like a three-year-old going, hey, I'm also God? Like, you know, there's that question we don't have a direct answer to. Yeah. I more specifically was thinking of how I reacted to Jerry's was that these Jerry's are his concept of Jerry's. And these Jerry's very specifically talked about humans, like, as distinct. I'm like, they made it real clear that what we were seeing, what we were experiencing was based on our own perception. And I think about the way that the Old Testament God doesn't remind me a whole lot of the New Testament God, unless you do some work to reconcile the two. But it does make sense to me that the people of the Old Testament would see God as more vengeful and vindictive and angry and, and scary. And that the people of the New Testament, after being through a whole bunch of stuff, would come to understand the same God in a different light. And so I feel like the Jerry's were just his perception of God. And he does mention being mm. in church at some point and the relationship with his mom and, and, and so forth. It makes sense that there's some very humanistic qualities that are portrayed in whatever the Jerry's are, whatever this universal like determination, this intelligent design, if you will. Mm -hmm. It makes sense to me that some of that's maybe informed by his human perspective, mm. even though it may be something much bigger and greater if you if you go on the wings of imagination. It is that time, isn't it? I'll be right back. Hang tight. at the beginning of the episode that uh, time doesn't exist or we're, we're warping it or whatever because mm -hmm. of the, the world that we live in now. But time is handled so weirdly in this movie. So you've got the linear time for Joe, which it appears that he's only been unconscious for a matter of hours by the time him and right, his cat get back bad. in the wrong bodies. And then also we've got cats having souls that are also on the escalator on their way to get bug zapped, which is <laughs> which is just a funny joke, but that's an entirely separate thing. Right. Um, but I find it weird that the Jerry's say that time doesn't exist there, but then the count hasn't been off for a couple, a couple hundred centuries. They need one more minute to work back through finding the spark for 22. But again, time doesn't exist here. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. it's just... It's just really weird. And obviously time's moving somehow because there's all these different mentors for 22 uh, that stretch out through like a com 
Copernicus to Mother Teresa to Young mm -hmm. having a mental breakdown, which is hilarious. The concept of time, I find, is is just mind-bending. It's like just entirely mind-bending. And I don't really have a question for that. I'm more so just curious your thoughts on that because I've seen that you want to get scientific and I'm giving you a reason to. But right. like everything, Literally. like like and like and even like even like in the zone, like time seems to be in real time, but also not in real time. Like yeah, I, I can't. So give me your thoughts there. Yeah. So uh, this gets into quantum physics, which I don't have any expertise in. But there's this there's this idea in quantum physics that like we experience time on that linear plane, just point A to point Z. But if you add another dimension, you might be able to get from A to D without having to go through b and c like if uh I we're on a podcast but if you were to imagine <laughs> folding a piece of paper in half mm -hmm. you could connect a to d without necessarily having to go through c and b on that linear plane and while all of this exists at the same time we who are on this plane can only go A, B, C, D. But if you existed outside of that and were able to manipulate or control or be present with this foldable piece of paper, then you could be present at both A and D at the same time. Hmm. And if you're still on the, on the A, B, C, D spectrum, it doesn't make sense because the only way you can experience time is on this, spec on, on this continuum but it's still true, even though it doesn't make sense in your context. And so for me, that concept, that's one theory of how time travel could exist um, without like breaking all the other laws of, of physics or the, the, the ideas we have about how the universe works. And it makes sense to me how, you know, when God says I am the Alpha and Omega, that God could be at the beginning and the end, but not have an age, you know, or, or how God could have seen and known all of us, but us not see and know ourselves and still have authentic free will you know those kind of conflicts mm. that come up if you do the logic behind some of these ideas so to me it makes sense that there's both time and no time one of the things of the pandemic is part of how our brains experience time is that we have routines and as we get used to certain things happening like the sun going up and down like um eating like uh, whatever the things of our day are, we start to measure, we start to experience time according to those things. Oh, I could get into several other things, but I'll, I'll try to make this quick. One of the <laughs> things that I've been noticing or having conversations about is the way that cultures embrace time differently. If you are in colder parts of the globe, time is very rigid and it's very calculated and you don't want to be late to things and so forth. If you go to the equator, time is like this relative thing where it's just like, what time does the bus come? Oh, it comes when it comes. How do you have a conversation in the South? Well, you have to talk a while and you ask how their day is and blah, blah, blah. How do you have a conversation in the North? You get straight to the point. These ways of engaging and socializing that are very different in how time is appreciated I think comes from the way we experience, well, people near the equator experience more hours of the day 
than people up north. And, and because of the way the, the rotation of the earth is and the, the hours of sunlight kind of expand and contract throughout the, mm-hmm. the calendar year. And so what happens is people who grew up with this very widely expanding time closest to the equator, their time is very like mushy. Whereas the further north you get, time is a lot more rigid because there's not as much of a difference. And those cultures develop timekeeping based on the 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 lunar cal no, not the lunar counter calendar the the cycles of the Earth around the solar? around the sun. Yeah, I think that's the solar calendar versus people at the equator develop time based on no i i should i should have looked this up before i got into this part of the conversation (laughs) but people who are near the equator base their time on how many hours of light in the day Mm -hmm. which we know changes whereas people um in the in northern and further southern regions develop time based on the seasons of the year which are a lot more static yeah and so you get this kind of two different ways of understanding time that in our brains, it makes sense that people who have this flexible time also aren't so rigid about, about timeliness. So it goes to say that, you know, like there's this, for, I don't know if you ever heard the phrase, but CPT, colored people time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's what black folks say or yeah. Chinese people time or, you know, like there's all kinds of phrases for it, but like yeah. people of color tend to not, be as rigid about time and it makes sense that we were doing time based on the sun and folks who didn't have as much sun (laughs) just had a different idea yeah so all that to say that i think time really is something and we're experiencing it this is my wrap up we're experiencing it with the pandemic that when the things that normally marked our days and our weeks like going to work every day getting out of the bed having this routine then all of a sudden no one is doing it or many people aren't if you're able to to be home and not having to leave as an essential worker all of a sudden the things that mark time for you are gone and that this is why scientists say time seems to fly as you get older Mm. because the routines become like even more routine like you just do it without thinking and so for kids every day was a new adventure it's like oh what am i going to learn what i'm going to see what am i going to do and so time just seemed to take forever. But as you get older and you know the routine, time just zips by yeah. because it's, it's just a routine. Yeah. So time didn't change. Our perception changed. Yeah. And it makes a big difference on us. I yeah. will say in the middle of that quarantine, so I actually, my wife and I had planned spring break vacation for the kids when the world shut down. And we were actually supposed to go to Gatlinburg. We were going to ride some roller coasters at Dolly World. Like, here we go. Let's, yeah. let's, we rented a cabin in the mountains. We're going to bring the dogs, do some fishing in the river, like, no cell phone service. It was going to be great. And uh, I remember I didn't shave for like two weeks. And I mm-hmm. haven't realized before that like my one of the way that I perceive time is like I first thing I do in the morning is I see how much is there. And like, mm-hmm. but when I didn't shave for a few days, like I began because I also didn't wear my watch. Like I genuinely forgot what day it was many days because mm-hmm. I was like, well, I used to. Okay, so I, I don't remember the last time I shaved. Was it a Tuesday? Mm-hmm. You know, it was literally that conversation. Like I didn't, I didn't, so I, I totally get it. Like my, my rhythms were gone. Everything was shut down. We hadn't left the house. It was cold. I couldn't go anywhere and I stopped shaving. And eventually that is what broke it for me. The inability, yeah. like I knew what time the clock said. And outside of that, it meant nothing. I didn't even though it was sitting right yeah. there in front it of It says me. it's 11, <laughs> but is it Wednesday? Is it Thursday? Does that matter? Who cares? You know, right. Um, you could ask your smart device to tell you exactly when and what day it is. And that's it, no fun. 
it just doesn't make sense. <laughs> That's fun. Um, so I want to end on a couple things and we'll see how much time we have, but I want to yeah. pivot between joy and obsession because the spark in the, in the show is, is, and I think 22 says it like she said, like she feels the wind, like she actually sits down for a minute and mm-hmm. he sits down, they sit down. I don't know how That's to say that. They is a good gender. Sure. Safe. Well, time. because it's like a different soul and a different man's, you know what I mean? So I don't know what that and, ent- and entity at the is. It was like, this is, I'm just a projection. I'm not actually this yeah. white, white voiced woman. I am whatever sound or mm-hmm. voice or body you want to see. Yeah. Well, but eventually 22 is sitting down on the steps and fills the wind. And then she ends up saying, I'm jazzing. Like, I, mm-hmm. like, I don't want to, I don't want to die. Like I'm jazzing. Like she finds a purpose for life. But then there's this concept in the movie of lost souls where they've taken that joy and that purpose and they've turned it into an obsession in a way that's entirely unhealthy. And so I think that matters all the more for where we're at in the world and the culture that we live in now because we have nothing but extra time to either pour into healthy things or to take those things and they become unhealthy. And so just kind of wanted your thoughts on, on that. Yeah, I, I thought that was another profound and powerful statement that they made with this movie. It was almost like a second movie because, mm. you know, we had the first part of discovering yourself and all this other stuff. But we had this whole second half of this really deep reflection about what it means to uh, to to be overwhelmed with something. Um, and I think where I relate most to this is is what happens with like addictive behavior, compulsive behavior, where you're, you're doing something and it's, it feels really important to do it, but it doesn't actually get you anywhere of where you're trying to go. And I love the way like they kind of, they showed it as this thing that kind of overwhelms and, and takes over you, but you're still you way down in there. And somewhere in there, you're um, rehearsing these things that have been said to you, things that have been done to you, things that maybe feel out of your, out of your control. Um, and I, I, I think I'll save that that part of the movie as a as a non spoiler part conversation in here. But I love this reality of like what we say can or, and what we've heard and what's been said to us can literally overwhelm us and and overtake us. And we lose all connection. We lose connection to what gave us joy. We lose connection to what gives us purpose, even though it feels like we're doing the thing that we really love. And it's so easy to mix it up for, you know, why am I here on earth with what am I good at? So mm. when I saw that scene, I was like, oh, this this will preach. This will, <laughs> <laughs> this will set the captives free. <laughs> through all kinds of theological like frameworks because I, I, I think that is it's so true and uh, Pixar really is intentional about telling certain stories and they and they picked that that you know that wasn't just oh here's a happy little moment they labored over mm-hmm. years to create this narrative yeah um, and I, again I think it does reflect this really important idea that who we are and what we do, I won't even call it an either or. Again, if if we're not on this linear perspective of time and, and good or bad or all this stuff, if we just look at what is it doing to us and, and what is the fruit of it, if you will, then I think we can see, yeah, you can be called to preach or you can be gifted at preaching or you can be a, an amazing musician in church. But if it's overwhelming you and if it's literally just 
keeping you in enshrined and or in um enmeshed in this in this thing that you don't even look like yourself anymore like it it is worth asking a question is this really what i'm supposed to do is this really important and for for 22 and for uh joda to find that there's something more than just what you're good at because 22 knew a lot of stuff oh yeah but 22 was like but the wind and flavor yeah. And sound, you know, like these bodily experiences that yeah. 22 couldn't have before. It was like, oh, this is what's important to me. Yeah, I'm going to let you die because you're, what'd she say? Your your stomach is earthquaking. And then he's like, I'm going to go get pizza because I know that I like pizza. And she's like, oh my God, I need this. I need this in my life. And also yes. Pizza Rat is there, which is pro tip. Do you know what Pizza Rat is? What is so is, you remember, is that one of from the from the, one of the other universes? No, something? no. So there's a real thing. Like it was like a almost like a conspiracy theory meme theme on the internet four or five years ago. Like just Google Pizza Rat, and it's it's like an art installation project is what it appears to be, where someone trained a rat to literally carry pizza up steps in like a New York apartment complex, and people were like, "Are y'all seeing this rat here?" Like it's a oh, thing. Wow. So when I saw that flow through, I was like, "That is funny." Because if you know about that, like, yeah, it's like pizza like rats, like a thing. As pizza rat, that's it's a thing and, because someone intentionally made it a thing, but did it on on like the down low where they're like, "I'm gonna make this. I'm gonna put it on the internet, and I'm gonna walk away like Banksy almost. Like I'm just gonna walk away." <laughs> um, so that was like when I saw that, I busted out laughing. Everybody in my family's like, "Why are you laughing?" Like, that yeah, sure, so that's great. fine. Yeah, like just little things like that. But yeah, yeah, those experiences are um yeah are where the money's at so i've asked this question of everyone darren go for it and it actually is more appropriate in this episode than it is in most just because of what we talked about so what who is why whatever you want to say words for what is god or the divine or whatever you want to say that (laughs) i just recorded um a cover of a song my god is awesome um (laughs) i love that god is so profound and just beyond everything that we could imagine but still so intimate and present with us um again going back to the movie that god could be in every part of that movie god god could be like the little the little uh helicopter seed that that falls god can be that wind god can be the jerry's god can you know god can just be all kinds of places in that and to me god is everywhere not in not in like a oh just i see god and everything but just like in a really profound meaningful way um god shows up in so many places that you know again internet conspiracies (laughs) if all of this is just a thought in god's mind and we're just like a simulation dream right now. <laughs> I'm still here for it. Like, <laughs> like that's awesome to me. Um, Cause also like, I'm, you know, there's a lot that's going on and I'm like, okay, if we can just all wake up or God wakes up or however this works, <laughs> see, I'm going to start like weaving in Steven universe theories and, 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 oh, there's so much that can, yeah. that can go into this. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I, I I see God as 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 this all encompassing, omnipresent everything, and uh, I like that. That's that's comforting to me. That's securing to me. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 
So, Darren, I'm aware of how hard it is to have a conversation about a Pixar movie on a podcast um, where we literally don't do a whole bunch of communication ahead of time. But I've I've enjoyed it. Um, I could talk more. I want to talk about a lot of other things, but I'm going to save some of those because I actually should do some research on yeah. on some of the stuff ahead of time because most of this has just been me rambling in the car for an hour back and forth to work as I kind of wrestle through some things. Um, yeah, and then yes. Anyway, so I really appreciate your time tonight, and and um, yeah, thank you so much for coming on, Darren. Thanks for having me. This is this is great, and I I, I love what you're doing, and I and I I love this. Can I say this at church? It's as soon as I say that name to people, they're like, oh. I gotta check that out. So <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Some more folks come I, I appreciate that. to have Darren on the show. So very good. And the music that you heard today is from Darren and his friends. It's a band called The Mini, and you should support their work. I like cried when I heard again and again, which is a song that you heard in the podcast. But you will find all of that music in the show notes, as well as links to the playlist on Spotify. And I, I think there's a counterpart as well that someone else has made on Apple Music for all of the music that's ever been on the show. I hope that you are blessed. Next week, I'm back with Elizabeth Schrader as we discuss Mary and Martha and some amazing work that she's put into that and the way that that kind of reframes the Gospels. I will talk to you soon. I pray that you're blessed. Be well. Just wish that we could sleep We want to close our eyes We're not who we want to be We look in the mirror And we don't like the face that we find We pray that you are listening God forgive us one more time